Hello and welcome to the Safekin Podcast, the place where you get exclusive insight into the company that is forging an antidote to mass surveillance. In this space, you get to dive deep into our venture and our thought processes, and you will be the first to find out what's going on and what's coming up. As always, feel free to participate in our subreddit at r slash safing or just send us an email to podcast at safing.io. This week is special since we just recently released the payment system, which is a big step for us as a company as it allows us to receive payments for the SPN and pre-orders and not rely on external platform, but this is all internal. So in that context, I sat down together with Raphael and we discussed a lot of facets of cash payments. It is one of the payment methods we currently accept and arguably the most private payment method there is. So we're happy to offer it, but it has its downsides as well. So we discuss these angles and yeah without further ado thanks for joining thanks for listening i really hope you have a great week enjoy today's episode so welcome to the show rafael greetings welcome once again it's fun how like since more people are part of the show now and we do this by and bi-weekly so it it's Always kind of a long time since one reappears. Yeah. Or at least for me. I, I agree. It has been a, a long while since I've been last on there. And I think the last one I was on was the one which I hijacked. And so I'm like, see, that's my punishment. That's why you didn't let me <laughs> on the mic for so long anymore. <laughs> I think you were on one after. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's Daniel said the same thing last time. It's just it's it's the weeks pass by quickly. It that's true. It is so busy at the moment. So much stuff is going on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So the the big thing that is going on at the moment that is the payment system, and we will talk about that and specifically about cash payments. So, do you want to give a heads up what the payment system is? Sure, sure. So the payment system, or as I would say, like from a user perspective, it would be called the like account.saving um, site. Internally, it's a payment system. It's a customer hub. It's where um, you interact with us directly. It's where you get your subscription. It's where you can log in. And we currently are only planning this for the SPN because the Portmaster is free and available without any logins or stuff. But the SPN, of course, is not. Um, and so that's the payment system. The, the place where you log in, the place where you create your account, um, and where you like sign up for one of our plans, and where we interact with you to coordinate the money that you pay to the service we provide. <laughs> I guess that's the TLDR. <laughs> and on a technical level it's also the server that um, indirectly authenticates you yes. to 
be able to use the SPM if you paid. So, yeah, I'm really happy this is happening. Like, one, one aspect of it is, is always like, I'm excited for the next project as well. But if I just focus on the payment system, it's a big achievement that we, like, it, it probably isn't that exciting for you as a customer or as a listener because it means you, you, you pay cash and I, I hope you, the, the value we provide is worth it. But for us, this is a big step to just have a way where people can pay us, pay for our work, pay for the SPN. And that is something, yeah, which is really cool. Because you said like for customers, for me as a customer, when I, when I look into another service, like payment is one of the, the parts where you can be connected to your real life identity. And so for a privacy provider, what payments they accept, how they handle this stuff, this is an important part of um, the whole package. And so it is, it is exciting. And I guess it would um, also be or should be um, at least important to many of our listeners and I guess all of our customers because when you screw this part up, then like the whole service that is supposed to be making you more private, well, in, it, it can be hijacked then and it can be backtraced to you personally as well. And so that's where I'm like, okay, we thought about this a lot and you're a big part of this as well with, in regards to the API of, with the authentication. Um, at least, and um, I'm thinking about it from the what payments do we accept, how do we do this, what are the, the benefits of this and stuff. Um, and so I guess both sides of this are, are important and it's not something where you're like, well, <laughs> they have my money, I trust them, but how can somebody else exploit this? And um, if, if we get hacked or if something happens to, to this data, what information can be gained from this? And we, we think about this, and so that's where we are like, okay, we want to make this as minimal as possible, the information that is stored. We want to obscure uh, as much as possible where this authentication happens in a way that like nobody could theoretically um, backtrack who you are and what your payment method is and stuff like that. So how long a customer you have been and stuff. So this is all something we think about where we're like, okay, we want to minimize and like get ahead of all of this um, <laughs> before it is a problem. Yeah. It, it is a very important but also complex topic. And as you said, there are two sides to it. There is one... one thing is the payment method and which methods we provide. And the other one is then authentication against the SPN, which is a very interesting topic as well. I maybe I'll talk with Daniel about this a bit more. But the, the main idea is we decouple authorization and authorization, uh, authentication and authorization. Yeah, but that, that is another topic. So we, as you said, like, if, if you pay with PayPal or any credit card, it is very obvious that the payment provider can then connect you to using the SPN. So that is why we opted for 
more privacy-respecting alternatives. And the one we will start out with is cash. So why cash? That is a good question. I guess it is, um, it is a little, it is easy for us on our side, I would say. It is a higher risk for the customer and we acknowledge that. And that's part of the reason, I guess, why we talk about it here. Um, everyone who is using or wants to use our cash option needs to be aware that if the cash gets lost in the mail, we can't do anything about this. This is out of our reach. But if it comes here, we know basically nothing about you. If you don't didn't put your address on there, and if you just provided the token of the transaction, and we come to that later, inside the envelope, we basically only know who's, like how much and to what um, charge this belongs. And that's it. What account? Yeah, exactly. What account? Oh, yeah. And if like, so you have are in full control about everything we know about you. Um, I can tell you also uh, why I like this option. It's um, in regards to PayPal. When I can tell you a personal story uh, about that, I have my PayPal has a different email address than other services that I use, and when I Pay with PayPal, I know for a fact that the service that I used my PayPal address um, to pay for, they now have my PayPal email address. And now the whole point of having a different email address for the PayPal gets less and less um, important every time I use PayPal. And so this is something where I'm like, okay, they know more than I'd like them to know. Or they give more information away to the to the seller than I'd like them to give away. And so with cash, we like the the postal office, they don't give us this information. We don't know who you are. It's not like that the postman hands us a, a, a letter next to the envelope where he's like, okay, so this letter came from there and went through there and stuff. So it, this is still something that is very like um, private. And um, especially because we don't have, like, on the outside any requirements. So it's just a plain letter and all the information is inside. And at least in Austria, uh, postmen are, are not allowed, postmen are not allowed to open envelopes. So it's very secure. And I'm like, from that regard, I mean, if they lose the letter, that is an insecure part of it. But otherwise... This is the most private way you can pay um, remotely, I would say. Yeah. There are a few interesting aspects. I first, I'm pretty, I'm surprised about the PayPal issue. I did not know that. That's actually horrible. <laughs> and yeah, cash is definitely. I feel it's the most private option we can allow. It is. <laughs> it is. Since. Cryptocurrencies are considered a private option as well, and it depends which one you use, but oftentimes they are also very easily traceable. And if you, like, cash can also be traced. Like, if you go to a cash machine and uh, get some bills, and then you send one of those bills to us, 
maybe like a forensic agency who is very interested in things could let, then connect that bill to yours. But what I like to do in that, in that regard is just I go to a supermarket, pay for something small with 50 euros, then I get new bills, and then I can use those bills privately, if, if you know what I mean. <laughs> life hack. Yeah, yeah, that's a life hack. Yeah, it's a good idea. And the same thing applies for the paper. Like, if you, if you use a printer to print out the token, then the printer automatically adds these little yellow dots. So, I mean, we will basically shredder the stuff. So, yeah. But still, if somebody would, would intercept the, the letter, look at the paper, and then they could trace this back to you and your printer, so just write it with hand, handwriting and you're good to go. So it's, it's really private. We have no way of associating the payment with a person, especially if you don't uh, provide an email address because, yeah, it's, I mean, an email address can be very convenient and we give you updates of what's happening. But if you don't want that, you, you don't have to give you an email address. So we only have a username which you choose, and then the associated payment. So I, I guess this is a good, um, good starting point. So we offer PayPal for convenience. Um, I myself <laughs> uh, would use PayPal, I guess. But for all who are like, want a little bit more um, privacy and are willing to take the risk of the, the money getting lost in the process of like of the sending I, I guess this is a good way to start anyway uh, a nice thing like two things I'd, I'd mentioned there is one I don't think you have to create a PayPal account I think maybe you will have to provide an email PayPal is always data hungry but yeah and the other thing is it's pretty nice, actually, I thought about this, that users, after they send their money, they, mark, they can mark their charge or their payment as sent. And we can then compare this against the, uh, the money that actually arrives. So we could like, get a rough overview of what the risk really is. Yes, yes, yes. And we can update this. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be too high, but it all also depends on where the money is from. Yeah, if those, if that country is a like professional and doesn't look into envelopes, like I don't know. Mm -hmm. But you would have to look this up yourself. So yeah, <laughs> we can't we can't know this. But I agree. We could, uh, this is something after a period of time, um, we might be able to get out this data, how many packages we think were lost in the mail, or like which percentage. Um, this is, I guess, a little bit of an, of an issue where we need to look out for because every time you release data, it can give some clue on how is using, who's using the service. Um, so I guess we should um, watch out for that. 
and um, not start releasing this data immediately, but let it aggregate and then so that every single person is basically a little bit more diluted uh, and stuff. But um, yeah, we might, we might have something like a taker, how many successful cash um, letters we received or something, because this is basically no information about the individuals, but just like we already got 10 letters with cash is an indication this is a system that is working. This is a system that you could use. And so I guess this, this might, be, might be a way we could go. Yeah, there's, of course, uh, there's a whole rabbit hole into this topic as well. Like, especially if we then consider like publishing data from different countries, mm -hmm. then this can be connected to people maybe. But like just, just having an overall sum or overall percentage will give a gut feeling of how we are doing. Since, but it can be abuse on the other side as well. Like you can't just create an account and act as if you send something, but you never send something. So it's, it's, there is fault on both sides. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, on the other side, uh, maybe one, one important part, we only accept yours for now, uh, partly because it's, as I said, easier for us. And partly because it's um, also like we, I feel like sending money from outside the EU is a little bit more risky. Like where I'm like inside the EU parcels are barely checked because of the Schengen and stuff. And so it's like, I would feel more comfortable with people in the EU sending money um, around than from the outside. I mean, now yeah. it's especially difficult to get stuff from the U.S. So this is um, something we think about for the future, how we could do this, get this across the pond. But um, it's also like the, the way, the amount of time it would take for something to arrive. When I send parcels to the U.S., I, I wanted to get something to a friend of mine for Christmas and I sent it in November and he got it in January. So... Um, it took almost two months to arrive. And so I'm like, well, it was a parcel. Yes. So it's not just a letter, but still two months and you don't know where the thing is. The tracking stopped, I guess, at one point. And it said it will be delivered or something in my app. But I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. And... <laughs> It was supposed to be a surprise, so I didn't uh, let him know. And then in the end, I got a notification that it arrived. So I got that notification again. But in between, it, it looked like it was lost for over a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. One thing I wanted to extend upon was you said it's easier for us. And I think I want, I want to mention that, like, of course, there's the bookkeeping aspect and the legal aspect that is more convenient if it's just euro since we are in a or an EU country. But one uh, that like our attempt or our approach is also to just start out small, and then we can build upon that. So we'll cover EU countries first, since it is rather easy to do, and then we will see like what you guys want what the listeners want, 
build up on that. Like if US is a mar market where like many people would like to have this, then we will think about this more and find solutions. Yes, yes, I agree, I agree. Um, but proactively, it's, it's, I think, a good way to just start, uh, especially like with a situation where you know this, this um, is doable, and then, then continue upon this. Yeah. So, do you ha have anything interesting from the legal or bookkeeping aspect? <laughs> well, interesting. I don't know if it is interesting. I can share some of that information if you like. So, um, legally, it's um, basically in Austria not allowed to send money in, in like cash via a letter. Uh, I asked them, I talked to them, and they were like, um, in Austria, it's not allowed. There's a special envelope you can use within Austria to do it. Um, then it's allowed, uh, but otherwise, and I think you have to provide some information in regards to that, so I don't know, this is less private then. But then I asked them, how about if somebody from like outside of Austria is sending cash? And what they told me is um, they will deliver it um, under the terms of condition of that country or that postal service you initially send it with because they can't like... When you send something and they have a contract with the Austrian Postal Service, they respect the terms of service of the, of the company they work with. So basically what this means is you have to check with your Postal Service if it is fine uh, with them. If not, you can of course always take the risk but I don't know how your country is handling it afterwards and I don't know how, what happens at the border. I asked with like um, customs, uh, customs checks, and they said sending money is fine, not an issue. So basically, at the border, where all the other stuff is like looked at and being checked if it is okay or not, money is okay there. But the Austrian Postal Service is like, um, we don't. Like, it's not secure, they don't provide any security things. In addition, it's just the basic how, how all letters are handled. and It wouldn't be different from any other letters from outside of Austria. So. The, the question that arises in me is, they say it's not legal under their terms of service, but as I can imagine, a lot of people will not know that. And like a grandma, grandpa sending like 20 or 30 euros to their grandchildren, that will happen so, so often. So do you know about how they enforce this terms of service or don't they just, maybe they just don't care and just advise people not to do this so they are legally like secured that, that they don't have to cover uh, loss or something. I guess, I guess that's one of the things. I guess it's uh, legally that they don't have to cover loss. But um, it's, I don't know for sure. Um, I agree with you. Uh, I guess they don't. If you just get your stamps on there and give it to them and they just send it. And if the envelope, and 
you should do this anyway isn't transparent and you can't see from the outside that there's cash in there, please do this. Maybe put a card in there or something, you know, something that's a little bit more, that is a little bit firmer or something. I don't know. But um, if you, <laughs> if it's not, if it's not a plastic bag with stamps on it where you can see the cash, I guess they don't ask any questions. They're not supposed to anyway in Austria. So um, sometimes if you send a parcel, they do ask like the value if you do an insurance on it uh, and then you can guess uh, and they ask if it has any, you know, any like batteries or stuff because then it gets different labels. But beyond that, at least in Austria, if you have a closed envelope, they don't ask too many questions and it's just like, do you want to send it like in a way that you can follow the letter along or something? And then you're like, oh, how much does this cost? And they are like, oh, it's just 50, 50 cents more. And you're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> or at least that's my experience. And I have to go to the post office at least once a month and send something to like different places. So <laughs> yeah, I feel that is how it should be. And I understand their perspective like maybe they don't want to cover loss so they just put in the clause in there but yeah i don't know um another thing or another suggestion is to use bills instead of coins yeah yeah please no coins <laughs> if there are coins ringing in there and the postman is like Clink, 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 and it's, yeah, what's in there? Oh, it, it feels the like there's some... Ooh. <laughs> don't, don't give him the temptation. Exactly, exactly. Please go with bills. Don't, don't screw around with coins. <laughs> and obviously, if you overpay, everything you send us will get added to your balance. Exactly. Yes. Don't, don't do, go around with the cents and stuff. It's like... Just send a 10 euro bill or two, two five euro bills or something. It's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Please don't start with that. <laughs> uh, something that I would like to know, I talked with a couple of people about how they would use the cash system and stuff. And um, because I, my instinct would be to send larger amounts of cash. So I'm using um, a, an email service where I can pay with cash as well and send it via, via mail. And um, usually I pay them more than one month because like, I don't want to go to the post office all the time and send uh, a letter just to keep the monthly service running. So that would be too much of a hassle for me. Uh, but when I talked to somebody, they, they brought this up. They were like, I don't know what the postman does with my money. Like, I don't trust them. And so that's the reason why uh, he's trusting us to handle the cash and do everything in time, but like the postman, he doesn't trust them. So he would rather send the money monthly and uh, like smaller amounts and stuff. And so that's where I'm like, I would be curious um, if our listeners would like, like share this with us either in the Reddit or send us an email um, in regards to what would you do basically would you send it every month? Would you rather have it like one big chunk of money that you send and trust and hope uh, that it arrives? Or would you like, I don't know, for some period send a little bit extra 
so that you at one point have like a second month if something happens because that is the different thing what hap like if the money doesn't arrive in time at our place we might contact you if we see that you all that you said you sent it but if it doesn't come we can't do anything about it like we your service would have to be paused yeah and i don't think we we, we don't contact you like the money hasn't come yet yeah we if you have an email like some an automatic we don't yeah I mean, it's I just don't want to give the impression that we like stock every account and ooh your your balance is going low like let's call him up or whatever I said we might or her <laughs> yeah it's it's an automatic system so if it doesn't arrive in time your access gets uh, expired and then it gets renewed or you can renew it as soon as the money arrives. But yeah, it is an interesting topic for whether people prefer to spread the risk or take, like, be more, uh, yeah, if, if it's more convenient to just go once every half a year to the post office. But I'm also sure we will find, this, find out. <laughs> what about you? Um, what would be your approach? What would you do? I think I would spread out the risk. Like every every month would be a bit harsh, maybe. But if it costs like ten euros a month, then I'd probably go to the post office every second. And put twenty euros in there. Yeah, as I grow more trust towards the system, towards the post office. Like if I do this for one year, then I might confident enough that I just go ahead and pay for half a year or something. Mm, mm. In one letter. Mm. I, I, interesting. Yeah, I think this might be a better idea. I didn't, when I started doing this with my email service, I didn't check. I had no clue that this might be an issue, sending money. And so, and I, it's basically it is in Germany. And so, sending letters from Austria to Germany, I'm like, well, this this better not get lost on that way. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's the same language and everything. Like, <laughs> it should it should work out. If you get something from like a different country, like I'm I'm um, currently waiting for a parcel from the U.S. and there's like the German symbols for the U with the dots above it and like the hard S and stuff. Um, it's like they mix them up and now the hard S is a B and the U just is a regular U. And so I'm like, I hope this arrives. <laughs> I hope it arrives, but I'm have, not sure. I have no idea what you're talking about, but it, it sounds funny. <laughs> um, it's it's just like when you when you put in something in German, and it, there are letters in there that the other language doesn't have. They sometimes I don't know why or how or what they're doing, but sometimes they change letters afterwards and not in the correct way. And so this is where I'm like, I should have foreseen this. I should have changed this. I should have just put it in in a way where it might have been okay with English people. But when you're just sending stuff over to Germany, it's like the same language. So you can just put it in the envelope, don't have to think about it too much, and it will arrive 
Um, so that's pretty easy. The address, just to clarify maybe for all the listeners, the address that we have for our post box where you can send the money to, we thought about this. So there are no special characters in there. It's a very short address. It's easy to like handwrite on top of the envelope or something. The, the token? Uh, or print out our stuff. It's No, not the token. The address. The address. Okay. The address. Yes. So the address is pretty easy. The only thing is... Uh, it, it has happened uh, when letters are sent to Austria that they go to Australia. <laughs> this happened. Well, so yeah. It wouldn't have been but the I first think time. If, if you write the AT, it should be quite clear. Yeah. So yeah, right. we'll make if sure. If you don't go for the full name, but just. That, well, you can have yeah. both. Best is both, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. But <laughs> anyway, um, what I wanted to ask or like talk about for a minute as well is like what is SCUM, like other payment methods. It surely will depend on what you, what you followers want to have. So we are starting out with cash and PayPal, but we know there are plenty of other methods which can be convenient, which can be private as well. So... Do you have any thoughts in what direction we might take this? Mm -hmm. I mean, you already said something about uh, privacy, but we want to go and give an easier option maybe for, um, for credit cards as well, besides PayPal. So we're thinking we already have built something with Stripe, so maybe Stripe will be an option that we offer, so credit cards over Stripe. But um, otherwise, we are thinking about cryptocurrencies and we are thinking about how to get them, like what to do there and stuff. It's um, not too, too easy. We think about um, having maybe a service that converts it immediately into euros for us because we are only offering our plans in euros at the moment. So with the whole fluctuation of cryptocurrencies, it's it's we yeah, have for, to from a bookkeeping think about this I stuff. Guess it's easier. So. Exactly. Yeah. So how much do we charge them in this cryptocurrency? Um, how like what cryptocurrencies do we accept? There are services out there who do um, stuff of that for you, but. Every time when we use a service, of course, the service has to be trusted as well in some regards. So if we do it ourselves, how much overhead would we create? How would we create this overhead? Is it reasonable? Maybe that's a question for you as well. Would you accept like cryptocurrencies that you transfer and we handle them within 24 hours so that we manually check and manually do it afterwards, you know, um, at least for the beginning or stuff. It, it wouldn't take long until some, somebody of us would make, write a bot which checks every five minutes and then emails us when something new arrives. Yeah, maybe that as well. But then emails us, see what is, if it is nighttime and uh, here and um, are we going to have a 24-7 uh, person who's looking at that sort of thing or what, like, you know, it's... Yeah, 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 it's, it's a lot of overhead. That's true. Yeah. yeah, so this is where I'm like, okay, I don't know for sure. And like, 
what um, what option I would go for here. For beginning, I guess there are some integrations and there are some things that are easier with big cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, but they are not, as you said, the most private. They are like traceable and, and stuff. So I'm not sure about if that, <laughs> if like offering them isn't that much of a benefit, I guess. But yeah. It depends. Like for some, some people are smart enough to uh, gain or get cryptocurrencies in a private matter and also use shufflers and all that stuff. You, you can you can make it work, but of course it's yeah, it's just work. So either we as a company have to pro provide a lot of overhead so it is more convenient or a privacy cautious person can do it on his or her in any way. That's the reason why we're opted for cash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. The, the whole thing with thinking about what to do, when to do it, how this will affect stuff. And it's like, yeah, we're like, okay, cash, the expectance is this will take days till it arrives. This will take days till I, it shows up in my account. So the, the expectancy is, is um, I guess, more appropriate on the customer side. The customer will expect cash to not show up on his account balance within four hours, two hours, three minutes. But, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm paying for a service, I usually am very like, where is that money? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess with crypto, people are already used to like waiting. Like you always have to wait a couple of like confirm confirmations um usually you you don't expect immediate immediate response as well but still like after two hours you get a bit yeah uncomfortable i'd say but i think this whole this whole debate it it is pretty much up to the community so we'll see how it, they respond we'll see what you like and feel free to State your wishes, like what you would like us to support on our Reddit, and we'll hear from us. Yeah, you'll hear from us. <laughs> exactly. So, that, just let me please drop the the cryptocurrencies that are, of course, on our mind. So, because I only mentioned Bitcoin and Ethereum, yes, we're thinking about um, Monero. We're thinking about Zcash. Um, like our like Daniel keeps on reminding people it's like they have been um like i don't know is it hacked but like they they are supposed to be private but their privacy measures have been like um been able to be yeah yeah exactly um and so yes it's it is more private on the surface but Please, if you if you think you can trust Zcash and Monero, look a little bit more into it as well, um, and and maybe take some more measures also, like with Bitcoin and Ethereum. I don't know if there are shufflers out there for Monero as well and stuff. I haven't looked too much into this, but um, it's not it's not the one uh, stop 
up like for all things privacy it's there still needs to be some work done with those cryptos as well yeah a technological currency always has a technological weak point or a potential for being hacked or exploited so i guess the most private way is if you send cash the correct way great that we offer that <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think that's a wrap for today there is a lot coming up as well. <laughs> just just make sure to follow along. We have a newsletter coming up, but or as at the time that you hear this, it's already out. But <laughs> if you want to get the next edition, just sign up. And thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, Rafael. Yeah, thank you too. And see you around. Yeah, happy hunting. Bye bye.